0: Welcome to the Love and Life After Divorce podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. On this podcast, you will feel empowered to release the feelings of shame, trauma, isolation, and sense of loss that can often come from a difficult marriage, painful breakup, and divorce. You will be given the insights and inspiration you need to love yourself fiercely, be sure of your worthiness, and to handle the challenges of post-divorce life with strength and humor. Hello everyone. Welcome to an episode of Tiffany's Titillating Talks. This is one of those episodes where I have my musings, where I talk to you about things that have been going on. And today I'm shaking it up a little bit and I'm bringing on a friend and we're just going to have a conversation and a chat and you guys are going to get to um, be a part of this conversation with us today. Maida Garcia is a really wonderful friend of mine. And we were having a talk the other day on the subject of domestic violence. And as you guys know, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And um, we had uh, an incident in uh, a horrible murder, uh, Gabby Petito, in the beginning of the month, um, that we, you know, what was missing and found murdered, and the suspect is her boyfriend, and so domestic violence came in the news. And Maida and I were having a conversation about it, and I said to Maida, oh my goodness, we need to have this conversation on the podcast. So welcome, Maida. So excited to have you here to um, help round out the conversation so that we can bring multiple viewpoints and multiple voices and shed light on... Um, domestic violence in many different communities. So thank you. Thank you for being here.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yay. All right. So when we were talking about Gabby, you said something very interesting. So I'd love to hear it from your mouth. Um, how you feel about this topic?
1: You know, domestic violence is something that is never taken lightly. Um, um, no matter what race or culture or or Anything that wherever you come from, that's never something that is uh, acceptable, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And the loss of of Gabby is obviously, right? That's her name, Gabriella. Yeah. um, Is very uh, uh, hard on her family. And, you know, they're very fortunate to have it placed on the news. CNN's running it, you know, Channel 4, Channel 2. Everyone's running it. But I think what's heartbreaking for me about it as a whole and as a, a, a Latina woman is that this stuff happens all the time with the minority community. Uh, there's a little girl um, 13 or 14 uh, from North Miami. She's been missing since September 17th. Her dad stands in front of a supermarket with flyers begging people to help find his daughter. Mm. Um, But you don't see that all over the news. Uh, He was really lucky that the New York times placed an article about him, but that's, that's as far as it went. So I I think for me, it's, I'm not trying to dismiss a murder or a, a domestic violence case or um, a missing woman, I, I think it's more of the equity of how a woman of color who has gone missing is treated and how her family is treated when they actually try to report it. And I say try because most times when... Um, and I... This is from personal uh, uh, experience of 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 knowing people who have gone and and uh, tried to go to the cops and say, "Hey, my daughter's missing" or "My sister's missing." If they're under eighteen, they chalk it up to uh, they they were runaway mm. or trafficking because you know Mexican cartel or were they involved in? Did they live in a low socioeconomic? Um, community so it's like ah it's just another statistic it's just another number and if they're over 21 or over 18 they're you know authorities their comment usually is well they're an adult they're big girls they can figure themselves out Hmm. so that is where the um, where the inequity lies do you see what i'm saying yes yes So to say, oh, it's, you know, if she's Latina, if she's black, it was a a runaway case. And, you know, it doesn't become a priority um, for cops. So, and I'm not saying all police are like that. It's, it's just numbers. Uh, You know, 10,000 black women went missing this past year.
0: Oh my goodness. That is just,
1: you know, that's, that's horrible. So where are the, where are those stories where are their advocates yes. who's talking about them on the news you know so i i think for me that's where um it really does become an issue where we're we're just our society is not comfortable i mean can you imagine let's be quite honest can you imagine if every time a Latina or um, an African-American woman went missing, it would be on the news. Man, it'd be a whole other ballgame. It would be. Right? Yeah. So, you know, there are organizations that are trying to dedicate time to like, uh, helping with women of color who have gone missing until they're found. But it's, you know, it's hard. How do you how do you get this publicized? How do you get people to investigate? Um, it's hard because a lot of times they just get ignored. And why it just becomes another is,
0: why Why is there a whole population of people who are being ignored in these situations, whether you're a missing person or it's a a violence situation, domestic violence, intimate partner violence, like why are these being ignored?
1: um you know we're getting in the deep conversation here (laughs) I wish I had like the answer for you on that I mean uh it's hard I I think that to be super quiet on and this is just my personal opinion this is not anything that's coming from anywhere else but my heart and my head is that we're having a chat we're having a chat it, it it's very easy to dismiss when a woman of color is missing um, because of historically mm. where we have what, what our role has been. Mm. Um, I think, you know, people try to say, well, it's the 21st century. People have to get over it. Yeah. I don't think it's about getting over it. It's about realizing that it really has never gone away. You know, it's very marginalized,
0: uh, right? Just
1: very marginalized. You're just, you know, I, I had a couple of years ago, I had an, a, a situation where I actually had my, I don't know if I ever told you this story, Tiffany. I had my wallet, and my purse stolen from my car. And I, I, when I called, they were like, okay, we'll just call your credit card company. As I was doing that, I I saw where my credit card was being used. And I went and I went to go get my stuff, and you know there was a was able to get most of my stuff back. Don't but mess when with the cops Mida. Came, people. Don't mess with Mida. <laughs> I'm not going to give you the details. Um, well, you know, when we're not recording, I'll give you the details. <laughs> but for me, the sad part is my daughter was with me, and I had these young gentlemen. God bless them that they helped. in the situation uh but i was told on the phone let them go oh don't don't deal with them and then when the cops got there i was sat on the ground they took pictures of my hands (gasps) and i had to do profile pictures in the parking lot. what of an establishment because i'm this color (laughs) that's why it has no, there's no, uh, it has nothing. They don't care that I have two master's degrees. They they don't care that I, that I have a really good job and that I own my own home. And that, that, that doesn't matter. This is all that they see. And now they just see two brown ladies. And one is irate as all hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because she's watching the vandals get away. And your daughter it's, had to watch that, it, and my daughter had to watch it. Oh my God. So there, it, it's such a, a different, um, we're just, you know, it's just a different way that we're looked upon. You know, it's, there's not the urgency. Mm-hmm. Where's the urgency to help, uh, women who are of color who are in a abusive relationship or who have gone missing. There's a lot of excuses that have been created for the reasons that they're gone. Um, what are some of the excuses? A lot of here again, they're a runaway. Oh, they were probably running with the wrong crowd or, you know, she's probably just trying to figure herself out. Just give her time. She'll come back. um, And parents are dismissed and, you know, God forbid if the parents that come from a community that's low socioeconomic, there's no chance they're being taken seriously. Mm -hmm. Forget it if they don't even speak English, (laughs) you know, they're, they're not being heard. And then, you know, on top of that layer, if that, if, you know, it becomes how, how do they, they don't, if I'm a parent You know, I only speak Spanish. My child has gone missing. Who do I talk to? Mm. I, I, I don't have the resources. I don't have you know the information or the wherewithal to say, hey, I'm going to call Channel Four. I'm going to call Channel Two. And even if they do, even if they call Telemundo, you know, Mm. who's going to listen to my story? Like. What is it that you have to do uh, to get yourself to a point where you can be on national news the way Gabby was? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I honestly like that father that I'm telling you about from Miami, his name is Enrique Gonzalez. He literally stands with flyers looking for his daughter, Victoria, who's 13. And he just, no one pays him any mind. He's, he's trying real hard. <laughs> it's almost you know? like
0: society is saying there are some lives that are more valuable than others. There are some stories that are more interesting than others. And we're telling this story about these people, these women that go missing, that somehow minimizes their loss that somehow minimizes their humanity in a sense, right? Like, oh, well, maybe they were part of a gang or, oh, you know, there's a lot of violence in that community anyway, or, you know, something like that. I mean, I've heard things like that and it it takes a human life, a human and dehumanizes human them. life and dehumanizes, yes,
1: it yes. a 100% does. So then you are someone who is disposable. Oh, Uh, replaceable, Um, not necessary to society. Um, But that's been happening forever. I mean, historically speaking, uh, you know, that is just kind of been the MO of the United States. Do you know what I mean? And, and, And I'm only speaking of here. I mean, historically, we can go as far back as, Hernan Cortes and like mm-hmm. the Aztecs. I mean, we can go as far back as as, as European conquest, which will we'll be on here till 3 <laughs> 30 in the morning. But um <laughs> But don't that's, make that's me go probably there.
0: where I mean that's where a lot of these feelings started, though, isn't it? Like a lot of these viewpoints, uh the the many forms of slavery, uh whether it was yeah, indigenous peoples is, or African American or
1: there's a great uh, um special on netflix it's uh will smith is hosting it Mm -hmm. and it's about uh um how african americans how like they came and how throughout history and, and you know they talk even about women in that one about how how difficult it was to try to you know be put on the same playing field, right? Mm-hmm. As, as, as a white man. Yeah. And it's, it, it doesn't, I don't think it totally, you know, it, it hasn't really changed that much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, and it's so much harder, you know, it's one thing to be, you know, a, a Latino man or African American man, then, put on the, you're a woman. Yeah. It's a whole other ball game, you know, and there's, like I said, going back to like women missing, there's, there's a couple of organizations are out there trying to do stuff. Like be Latina is one of them. They help, they post um, women who are missing. Um, but it again, it's, it's really hard. It's, re- it's great what they do. They tell the story, they give a little background and then they show a picture and it's just, I remember even, I don't know if you ever noticed it, uh, Tiffany. Um, on the freeway, there was a picture of a girl in like her cap and gown for graduation. Oh. Mm-hmm. And she says, help, help find my murderer. Yes. Do, that mom, do you know how much money she exhausted just to be able to do that? That came from her if personal? If she's, if this, Yes. Yes. If this mother is exhausting that and she still couldn't get local news, no one's biting. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, it's, It's not as exciting when it's just some girl who lives in some neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to you know, again, I'm trying not to, the loss of a life is a loss of a life no matter what, but it's just interesting how our society was easy to gravitate towards Gabby's story and how she um, was trying to become a YouTube star and she was, try- you know, like, it's, it's just a sad situation because... um It's just, it. this is how it is. It's Mm -hmm. a constant. And I wish I had like a better, like, like a solution. You know, it's something that I rack my mind about all the time. It's like, why is this, this is also pandemic, do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? For our community, like why Black and Latina women, uh, why this has happened, you know? Yeah. I think...
0: Women in general, in any um, population, tend to be underrepresented in the news as far as um, getting fair treatment for crimes and things of that sort, right? Yeah, you know, boys that rape girls get a little hand smacked, and oh, but you know, he was a swimming star, he was a track star. We don't want to ruin his life, and. Right. So, girls in general, it's hard enough. And then when you put socioeconomic issues, immigrant issues, racial issues, when you put those things on top of it, it becomes even harder to get treated fairly on these topics. And then I think domestic violence is a whole nother level because there's
1: so much of, well, that happened at home. And That's why it's called domestic violence. It's such a weird thing that they're like, it's very dismissive. It is. But that's why it's called domestic violence (laughs) because... That's the that's the definition of the word. It's such a weird thing when they dismiss it with its own definition. Right? Do you know what I'm saying? I do. What
0: too? Like weird. Okay. Anywhere else where somebody gets punched or shoved or hit or any of that, it's not okay. That happens in the grocery store. That's not gonna be okay. But oh well, it happened behind closed doors at your house. And oh well. And your word against right. his and we can't do anything about it and
1: yeah uh, yeah it's a it's a strange and even like with this whole pandemic like i was saying earlier do you know like even the numbers of of black and latina women have actually gone up the rate of missing women during this time it's like a weird phenomenon they um about 20,000 women of color um over the age of I think it was eighteen and over uh went missing in 2020 oh my gosh twenty thousand almost
0: That's twenty thousand
1: insane where are where where are those stories
0: that is insane you know I was reading a similar article let me see if I can pull it up about um Native American women and how it's a very yes, similar, similar. phenomena
1: and and unfortunately I mean I have a very hard time calling them a minority because they're this is their land. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, they they have very similar numbers too, and it, I think it makes it just as hard whether you live, you know, in a little barrio, or you live in the projects, or you live on a reservation. When you're subjected to live in one of those areas, and you go missing as a woman, no one cares, mm-hmm. but the family no one cares. It's so sad. No one's like up in arms about how to figure out uh a really good foundation to look into is uh um uh, oh gosh, what is it called? Um Offices of a um of it's a Missing Foundation Incorporated is what it is, I believe. I'm going to have to look that one up. But um
0: We'll put the link uh, in the Black
1: and Missing Foundation Inc. That's what it is. Uh, there, they've got some great numbers, like, to date numbers of of uh, things that are are occurring right now. So, and women that are missing, and, and just the the lack of, of support for all of that right now. Mm. So, yeah, it's it's a struggle. I, I feel like you know, I, I as a mother of girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, who are, you know, of Latino descent, like it is a, uh, it's, it's a scary situation. I would a hundred percent hate to be stuck in a situation where I'm trying to get help and support to find one of my girls and knowing that this is going to make it an issue
0: might have just pointed to her face
1: (laughs) sorry her her beautiful face
0: but (laughs) she's saying a brown face face. (laughs)
1: oh yeah so i mean that's that is really one of those situations like it is um yeah (laughs) there's you know thousands of indigenous women Mm -hmm. and native americans Going missing, this you know, just like I, I think it's in one of the Midwest states. I was reading. Um, I'm not sure if it's like Wyoming, one of those areas. It's like a, a like a thousand women, yeah, young girls. Yep. No, where? In one where state. is that? In one state. Yeah. Why? Why has no one batted yeah. an eye? On I just that? read an article. I pulled it up. Twenty three hundred missing. Twenty
0: three hundred. Yeah. Twenty three hundred. There you go. <laughs> like that's it's I mean, insane. and our nat- native peoples, you know that's it's so sad right. So okay, so this is an important conversation to keep having. Um, you know as a as a white woman, I, I find it um, really important. To have these conversations and to be able to amplify the other voices, right? Like to say, okay, I want to hear what you have to say about this, and and I want to hear, you know, how how can I, you know, I'm still a woman, so my voice isn't that much more amplified, <laughs> but mm-hmm. you know, I have a podcast, and and um, you know, I'd I'd love to amplify this issue. So, what would what would my role be in, you know, what do you, what do you think, you know, if you could make a call and say, okay, we need to make this change and here's how these different people could help, right? Like we've got these organizations that are helping, that are trying to, to amplify voices, What you know, what could somebody like me do to make a change here?
1: You know, I, I, I think it's just being honest about like conversations with people, like reaching out to, to organizations to see whether it's like donations to help or, or, um, you know, putting the word out there when they hear of somebody missing, like, and, you know, unfortunately some of us don't have the same, hold the same power <laughs> that others do. But, really knowing and you know there's a lot going out there there's like a Netflix special coming out soon Um, I think it's called something missing um, Madeline McCain or something like that and which talks about cold cases and one of them is you know a Latina girl there's people out there doing stuff like that I think if you have a platform like this you're, you're using it I think you're doing a fantastic job of you know having this conversation with me uh, so that your listeners are aware that, that this is happening all the time, like uh, going out there and I'm, you know, I'm going to get real. I think I'm getting too big picture. Mm. Re- reach out and support a community yeah. that needs support. Work with a family that needs help. Like, I I mean that's probably like the easiest thing to be able to do as mm-hmm. is, is actually getting in there to try to help and support. But I mean, talking about it is probably the first step and being aware. Like I wish I had like the right answer, yeah. of what to do. I mean, when you're you're when you're dealing with missing missing women, like I, I think it's easy. To, they're like the call to action would be in an, in a white community as I'm going to call my local newscasts. And it's, I, I wish it could just be as easy as, Hey, Tiffany, can you call channel two right. and let them know that they got to <laughs> like post about this poor girl in North Miami who's been missing since September 17th. But you know, I, I think just going in and just trying to to make it known using this platform that you're using right now is, is a way to just kind of put it out there. Um, I think that's a great start. You know, it's hard because I feel like this is such, such this is an issue that's not just about missing women because missing women of all color go missing all the time. Yes. And abuse, you know happens all the time in homes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's how do you help support those who don't have a voice or whose voices are being, you know, muffled mm-hmm. and, and hushed? I, it's, it's such a bigger issue. And I think talking about it and putting it out there is probably the first thing, educating people. You know, sometimes we hear people and they say stuff that just seems so... Yeah. Wrong, and sometimes we're like, maybe I should. No, you know, I'm just not going to bother to say something. Uh, and you know me, Tiffany. These days, I'm just done being worried about hurting someone's feelings. <laughs> I actually love that about
0: you, Maida. I love that about you.
1: I, Why? Thank you. I love that you don't. Not everyone does.
0: You know what? Not everybody has to. Um, but yeah, I. I think that people that value you really value that about you, that you, um, you bring issues to light that maybe people don't think about. And so, yeah, it makes people uncomfortable and that's okay. Like, I think we need to be a little uncomfortable right now. We've gone through some really hard times politically that, that, shook up a lot of muck from the bottom of the lake right you know like it's all floating oh, around I, now so
1: i think that it at we were do you remember that movie where uh, I think Toby Maguire was in it and he walks into this like land that's perfect in the 1950s and everyone's like Stepford Wives. And I cannot think of the name of the movie, but I feel that not that we were living in that, but some people, a large community mm-hmm. was living in that. Everything's great. We're being inclusive. We have, you know, Latinas in commercials now. We let a black person be a lead in a movie like, Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. but really, with this whole thing that's happened, and and the last, you know, four years, five years, like it's, it's like everything was shook up. You know what I mean? And once you start putting, I really, I gotta think of the name of that movie because as things started to turn, they were started in black and white when everything was perfect, mm-hmm. and then as they started getting into color, things started to get really weird. Uh, in the town. And and that's kind of how things are now. It's like, whoa, you're not following your role. You're supposed to be a nice person doing this. And now you're not. Why are those people marching all over the street? That's not what they're supposed to do. Do you know what I mean? Like... We are definitely Why are been they getting turned mad? upside down. Why are, Why they, are getting they getting mad? mad? Why
0: are they raising their voices and being mad? How What's
1: could they? What's wrong with them? Like, it's such a. I mean, and on top of with the pandemic and everything, it's just a, a strange, um, shift. I was thinking about it the other day, and I was like, it's kind of like, it's kind of like an earthquake, right, or a volcano eruption. Mm-hmm. More like a volcano eruption. I'm going to go with that. Okay, as a sixth grade teacher in the past, and I taught volcanoes. Like <laughs> they restructure the earth, mm-hmm. just like a an earthquake, right? I think we're in this part of the world that's like we're everything is shaking and things are like spouting out, and 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 it's crazy. But it's because it's going to create something new. Yes, but it's. Burning our skins off (laughs) and crushing us to death in the process. Like, I mean, Mount Vesuvius, my friends, Mount Vesuvius, Pompeii, (laughs) Pompeii. Pompeii, You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) let's 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 start thinking. It's kind of like that, really. Yeah. Um, and I think people got complacent. Yep. I think my you know, I'm going to say personally, my culture, myself. You know, you just got a little complacent with okay. We're just kind of like, you know, going with life, and you know, and, you know, and then you realized, wait, <laughs> we're not as accepted as we thought we were. You know, yeah. And I'm a woman, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. if I go missing, tough luck for me. You know, no, might
0: I'll. I'll call channel two news. <laughs>
1: oh my God. Would you? Thank you so much. <laughs> you know, my dad, you know, if someone tries to take me, they better be ready. They're going to be in
0: trouble. I, I was just going to say like that. They'd just be crazy if they try to take you. Yeah. <laughs> so you for Brown in, um, her book, I think it was, Braving the, the Wild- Oh my God. Braving the wilderness. Yeah. I think That's I a gave a copy look. of that book to like everybody. Um, She wrote it uh, during the first um, election with Trump and, and everything and all of the stuff that she saw. And then it just, that book just became more and more and more relevant as things went on. Oh my God, yes. But one of the things that she said that really struck me as super powerful was when we dehumanize anybody, we're opening the door for dehumanizing everyone. And and that's something that when we Absolutely. get so politicized and we're so Republicans are horrible, evil people and they you know, eat babies for dinner and the Republicans say, oh, the Democrats, they are horrible, evil, and they're trying to ruin your entire way of life and they'll come and take your homes and your cars and your-
1: They also eat babies, and apparently. they also eat
0: babies for dinner. Yes. That's, so,
1: I, seriously, I feel like they're both say the exact same they thing. They
0: are. But but that's, together. and that's exactly her point, is that when you do those things, you dehumanize. And when you dehumanize on either side, it becomes very very, very easy to do inhumane acts and justify them. And so her call to action is stop dehumanizing people and start trying to understand and start talking and see, just see the humanity. Like, stop these wild, insane accusations that these people are horrible, awful, terrible people because. They're not. I mean, I think we could even say that about gang members and criminals and and things of that sort is there's a humanity in them somewhere. And and what happened? What did society do? Like, how did this happen to them? And why, when we dehumanize and we say, well, this population, violence is just part of their population. This just happens, uh,
1: you know. And stuff like that that just gets under my skin so much because… I grew up in neighborhoods like that. So it's like for you to say that they want that in their neighborhood. Nobody wants that in their neighborhood. And, you know, you get to a point where I think when you're told enough that you are a certain way by those who hold authority, you start to act like that. Yes. You really do. Yes. (laughs) it you know and i have personally had the i had the pleasure of attending a very white high school i was one of four mexicans there and when you have people telling you at a tender age of 13 and 14 that you belong in the dumb class of english and that you're going to make a great secretary one day and that we need to check your locker to see if you have drugs. (laughs) You start to go, okay, that's the side you want to see, you know, but that wasn't me when I was younger. I didn't grow up like I, you know, Fought with my cousins and stuff like that. But my parents were really good about keeping us away from like gang violence and, you know, moved us into neighborhoods that were going to keep us safe. Um, You know, even though I'm a public school teacher, they put me in private school (laughs) because (laughs) they they were trying to do the best they could for me at the time. But, you know, high school became a different beast. But because those people of authority, started to give me a narrative that started to create a different me. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to dismiss like, well, they should know better to not be violent, but c- good Jesus. I couldn't even get my son. He's 17. I couldn't get him up this morning. You know what I mean? Like when you've got a hormonal teenager and now on top of it, who who most times they're insecure yeah, and not sure of themselves, and now you're telling them that they're not good for anything and they could make a great secretary if they're lucky. And here, take a typewriting class instead of taking a journalism class, mm. you know. And that's that's personal for me, yeah. You know, or I took pottery, and my teacher said, You know, most Mexicans are good at this because it's part of your culture, <laughs> okay. That makes sense. (laughs) Not that I just love pottery. Hmm. It's just part of my culture. So, I mean, it's, like I said, it's, uh, there's a lot stacked up against us. Yeah. And those who are not of, you know, who do not come from a, a, a background that, you know, Latinx or, you know. If you're black, you're indigenous, like those who are not of color, that You, I, it's very hard to understand what that feels like mm-hmm. um, because you don't actually come up with those experiences. And I've had people, and I'm good people, people I like, but I grew up around Mexicans. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's great that you say that. Thanks for sharing. Like the minute you have to share that with me, I'm like, um, I'm a little concerned that you're telling me. But I have friends that are Mexican. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I have friends that are Mexicans. But I went to a school that's all like was all Mexicans. I, like Taco I hung out with Tuesday. Mexicans.
0: I like Taco Tuesday, Maida.
1: <laughs> I, I celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Like, <laughs> you know, and I've I've had people say stuff like that, and I was like, you're you're not hearing me, like you don't grow up like understanding what that that life is like on a day to day. It's a different way to grow up, and so uh, when you're growing up as a as as a as a girl of color in a you know Latino community. The Latinx community, it's a it's a different, it's different. You know, there's so much more stacked upon us, you know? And so going taking way the circle back around when you go missing, it's just it's easy. That's why it's easy to dismiss. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, well, they're community, or well, you know, it just It just becomes easy for everyone to just say, okay, and the mom, you know, puts her picture up on the, on the mantle and next to her bed and cries every morning. And then that becomes the end of it and the end. So it's a sad story, but it's a story that is told every day to Mm -hmm. tens of thousands of moms or uh, grandmas, abuelitas. You know, dads, it's, it happens all the time. It's just not out there like it, like it is for, you know, for mainstream, (laughs) for the white, for the white girl, you know, it's, it's not the same. It just isn't. I really wish it was. And I know it's uncomfortable for people to hear that. But those are the facts.
0: You know, Maida, I'm okay with uh, with discomfort. I think discomfort is really important. We're at a time and a place where we have to get uncomfortable, and we have to um, we have to peel the layers of paint away that are that are making everything pretty, <laughs> because we got to be able to see, and we got to have these conversations, and we've got to listen. Like to me, my most important job is listening, and um, and having that, you are a human being deserving of my full attention and love and,
1: and care. And, and I appreciate that. And I, you know, knowing that, I think for me, if people realize that privilege is a real, real thing mm-hmm. and super exists then that's just that's the first kind of little layer. Yeah. I think that's the hardest one to get past. You know, and I can't imagine putting myself in in that shoe, knowing how do you how do you admit that? I, I think about that sometimes. If I'm a woman that has privilege or I'm of a culture that has privilege, how do you swallow that pill? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. How do you how do you take that? What if you don't want it? You know what? You got it. You got <laughs> it. You, you don't get to give it. You got you know, it.
0: You know, Maida, I, I, I have this conversation with a lot of fellow white women and um, this conversation about privilege. And um, I've had it many times with with people I care very much about. Uh, one of the ways that I explain it is, okay, your dad, your uncle, your husband, they love you, Right. You know, because you always get, put, but, but I, I care about everybody. I care about everybody. Okay, so th- they love you, right? Yeah. Okay. When you are saying something and they cut you off, they mansplain you, they brush away your feelings, they brush away your emotions, they dismiss your experience, how does that make you feel? Oh, that doesn't feel good, right? When something happens and to a woman, some, an act of violence to a white woman and the white boy that did it doesn't get punished, gets his hands slapped. How does it make you feel? Okay, doesn't feel very good. Now imagine, take that mansplaining and that male privilege and now put it on yourself as a white woman and your white privilege. You can love people and you can say, I love everybody, but if you're Doing your own version of mansplaining, you're doing your race splaining to somebody, and putting words in their mouth and brushing away their feelings and their emotions, then you're doing the same thing that men do to you.
1: And I think that helps to understand. That's very well is. said. <laughs> it it is. It's very well said. Like, um, it's just. I think what's hard is then what do you do with that? Mm-hmm. Like then what do you do? once you kind of you've sunk in with the fact that you you got privilege where do you go with it from there and and i think that's the that's again we're in the volcano in the it's volcano. burning us to death right now so i think that's the part we're still trying to figure out you know yeah, what i mean for sure it's just you know i think it's about education at this point watch watch those documentaries you know, uh, uh, um, read books that have to do with, you know, what's going on. I mean, just I think educating yourself and immersing yourself—it starts to really, you know, help peel those layers back and 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 make sense of it. Where then there's more empathy, and I think with privilege, I, the the part that that lacks is the empathy. Mm-hmm. That's the part that's hard. You're like it it becomes more of a um a defense mechanism when somebody says, Oh, you have privilege. No, I don't. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I'm not I'm not trying to insult you. I'm just stating a fact. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. I'm stating a fact. So I think it's I think education is really important. I think knowing those things, supporting people who have the platform, supporting people like yourself, who have the platform to be able to kind of put the word out there and start to educate people so that they know. I mean, some of us try to get in on the groundwork and try to like share you know, girls that are missing or articles or stuff like that or we talk about it amongst our own community. Um. But yeah, I mean, there's every, I think, you know, I'm not one that uh, says go out there and quit your job and start to like protest like <laughs> everyone's got to do what they have to do to start to you know peel those layers and start to help make a difference and a change. So one of the ways I'm going to recommend is it is Hispanic Heritage Month. Um so uh I suggest picking up a book from an awesome author. Um, so I'm going to throw out some titles that are really good. If you have,
0: this is why Maida is one of my read. great friends. Because as my listeners know, I am a total book nerd. So yes, this I is delicious.
1: <laughs> there is a really good book called Colonize This. <laughs> It is so good. Um, it's by Daisy Hernandez, I believe. Uh, really, really good. That's a great book to get. Um, I'm Not Your Perfect Daughter. Um, and you can find that at Target for, I think, like $6, which is mm. ridiculous. I don't even know what why it's I'm so cheap. What is I'm Not Your Perfect Daughter about? I, I Am Not Your Perfect Daughter. It's actually just won an award, actually, as well. But it's uh, based on, it was a New York Best Times. Uh, what do you call that? New York? bestseller times list um, the the book is about a girl who's having to be raised under those uh, expectations uh, and the stereotypes of growing up in a mexican-american home mm-hmm. when you grow up in a mexican-american home it's a very different thing yeah uh, I really connected with this book you know we I my grandmother always said, You're gonna grow up. We're gonna teach you how to crochet and how to cook because it's important that you take care of a man. And you need to learn how to take care of babies. <laughs> like, like those little things that are said to us in growing up. Yes. Um there's a book called um, "When No One Is Watching." That's a really good one. And what's
0: that um, one about? the
1: House on Mango Street with Sandra oh. Cisneros?
0: Oh, Sandra Cisneros, House on Mango Street. I love it. So the the No One Is That's Watching. A, Tell me about that one.
1: Um, that one is a little bit of um, um, murder. It's by uh, uh, Alisa Cole, um, but it's got some. I don't want to give away too much. It's, it's a good story in regards to, uh, it's a little bit of a, of a mystery story. Mm. So you'll like it. Okay. Okay. If I start talking, I'm going to keep talking about the story and I may give away. I'm one that's really bad about like, uh, um, um, murder mysteries. Cause I, as I, am talking about them, I give away stuff. um, of women in salt of Ga- by Gabriela Garcia. That's a really good one. Um, um, I just pick up a book from a Lat- you know Latinx author this month. Read something. You'd love Colonize This. Read that book. Okay, I think I have, have it on my shelf. I'll bring it to you. I'm I'll actually reading
0: an Isabel Allende book right
1: now. She's one of my uh, favorites. Isabel Allende is uh, fantastic. Yeah. Because she's magical and beautiful. And she also puts in histor- mm-hmm. hi- historical points of view. My favorite book, and I'll have to bring it to you tomorrow so you can see how like disheveled it is, is um, my favorite author in the world is Victor Senor. Okay. He's a little known Mexican author from Carlsbad, where my grandmother, that was where she migrated to from Mexico. He lives like literally a mile and a half from my grandmother, where my grandmother lived. And his book is the main one is Rain of Gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my, go- it's like the size of the Bible. It's huge. <laughs> Every year I read it. Every year I pull it back out and I read the whole thing. Um, he's just such a magical author too. So oh, no, you, you can borrow my copy. It's oh, got yes. notes and stuff in it, but you're welcome so to much. borrow it. I love it. Yes. So me, so me too. So I'm going to make yeah, sure we put um,
0: these books that you recommended in the show notes so that listeners can look them up and find them if they'd like to find one of these books.
1: So absolutely we'll
0: do that i'll be asking you to send that list over <laughs>
1: <laughs> absolutely um, there's some great books out there right now so we're even getting an oldie but a goodie you know um there's there's like i said there's some great ones out there right now okay so definitely get on it oh ramos is also a really good author sorry i'm going to throw her name out there she's fantastic so
0: excellent okay so yeah. Send those book lists over to me. I will put them
1: in the show notes
0: so it. that we can have the listeners can um, immerse themselves in this heritage month this is wonderful okay
1: one more i swear oh. i'm not gonna, I'm gonna stop after this one <laughs> only because i met him and i adore him he okay. is a, a professor a university professor from santa barbara university his name is victor rios and we we got to meet him a couple of years ago at a conference and i was like weeping because his story is insanely amazing so one to pick up um, that's it Okay, I promise i won't tell me a little
0: about his story because i think i met him too was he? The, oh, yeah. Is he? Okay. Tell me.
1: He the gentleman who was ended, ended up in a PBS special when he yes. was in high school. Yes. When they were doing a gang violence and yes. they refer to him as, see, his story is
0: fantastic. We were at the same because, conference, weren't we? I think we were at the same yeah, conference. Girl, you stood we in were. the book line to get it signed. I remember I this. sure yes. did. I was
1: the first one in line. Yes, you were. And he I said, no this. pictures. And guess what I did? <laughs> I picture. took pictures with him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had the opportunity actually uh, at a conference recently, one of the Zoom conferences, where I got to be in a leadership. I accidentally went to the wrong session <laughs> and I went to a leadership session <laughs> and I got to have like a one-on-one with him. Oh, um, <sighs> right. He is, that's a whole other conversation. He talk about somebody who's powerful and amazing. Like he comes back to the community. He comes to Santana. He goes to one of some of our hardest schools to work with those kids. He meant to, he lives in Santa Barbara for goodness sakes. He comes and he mentors kids in Santana. Mm. He, he goes to, 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 Compton, he goes to Oakland. Like this, talk about making a difference. Like he goes in and he works with kids who are him, who, that's what he was. Like he's amazing. So definitely that he's a must read as well. Okay. And he's got a great TED Talk.
0: Watch his TED Talk. watch his TED Talk. If you have not seen it. We'll see. You know what? I'll see if I can find his TED Talk and we'll link it on. Maida. Oh yeah, link it. it's good. This has been wonderful. I I think we could probably talk for hours and hours and hours and hours, and we have talked for hours and hours <laughs> and hours. I think this was
1: supposed to be a twenty minute conversation, <laughs> I think this was supposed my to be friend. Twenty
0: minutes, and we're getting close to an hour now. But um, I think this has been really valuable, and and this has been gorgeous. And and it's to me, for me, it's just the beginning of the conversation. I want to keep having these conversations. I personally want to stay in an uncomfortable place where it comes to talking about race and privilege and, and making sure, and, and frankly, domestic violence is an uncomfortable thing to talk about. And so oh, absolutely, and it is it's domestic violence awareness month. And, and so on top of Hispanic heritage month, like we need to, these How things, funny that those are together. Well, yeah. It's kind of <laughs> weird, huh? These, these need to be talked about. And so I'm committing myself to staying in an to staying uncomfortable and to continue having these uncomfortable conversations and I truly value your friendship because I know you'll tell me like it is and I value that about always. you and I hope you always stay that way because I just think it is absolutely gorgeous of you and I thank you for all your patience with me <laughs> and no I always you know am willing I'm, to talk I, to me about the things I i wonder about i
1: appreciate you know one thing about you is i appreciate the fact that you you ask you question you know and it's just about like i said it's all about learning and growing so thanks for having me on i appreciate this and um i i i wish you well continue doing the great work that you're doing friend i'm super proud of you
0: thank you (laughs) have a great night friend bye Thank you so much for joining us this week on the Love and Life After Divorce podcast. If anything resonated with you in the podcast, I would love to hear about it. Please DM me on my Instagram at Tiffany Kane. Also, if this podcast makes you think of a friend that could benefit from hearing this message of support and empowerment, please share it with her. And remember, this podcast is sponsored by the Love and Life After Divorce membership group. We would be so thrilled to have you join. Have a beautiful day. And remember, of course, it's all about you. Hashtag self-love.